Did you know that from the union of King Philip III of Spain and Margaret of Austria Styria was born in 1601 in Valladolid, Spain, the mother of the most famous king of France, or if you prefer, one of the greatest kings that history has ever seen? I'm talking about Louis XIV, the Sun King, the one who said of himself, I am the state, the translation of the famous French quote, Le Tessemois. Hello everyone, I'm Irene Riterelli, writer, blogger and a passionate reader. And this is Into the Books. Today, we talk about the woman who, after the death of her husband, the King of France, becomes Queen Regent until her son Louis turns 14 years old. It is said that she reigns even after her son took the power. And that she doesn't do it alone. She has the help of Italian Cardinal Giulio Mazzarino, who, according to some recounts, is the real father of King Louis XIV and his twin brother. Of whom you probably have heard because, as the story goes, is in prison and forced by his brother to wear an iron mask. But I digress. That's another story for another time. Today's topic is Alexandre Dumas and his novel, The Women's War. It is around May 1650, Queen Anne of Austria and her right-hand man, Cardinal Mazzarino, attempt to deal with the revolt in France. Normally, one would think that it is the people who rise up, but this time there were the members of the nobility who decide that they no longer want to submit to the sovereign. And for this, they choose the Princess of Condé as their representative. These two women, Anne of Austria and the Princess of Condé, do everything possible to assert the rights of their sons, Louis XIV and the little Condé, respectively. But the peculiarity of this story lies in the fact that those who weigh the intricate diplomatic and military plots are all women. In fact, it is Nanon de la Trigue and Claire who run the game. They are the ones who expose themselves to danger to make their faction win. The two are opposites, since the first is a woman of undeniable beauty who is willing to do anything to have power in her hands. The second of all, she hides behind a mask of submissive femininity, is as skillful and cunning as the first, and even more so. These two women, with their personal events, their intrigues and conspiracies, but above all, with their love for the same man, are the true protagonists of this story. Undoubtedly, this is not Dumas's best work, but 
Let's not forget that in the year of its publication, 1844, the first chapters of The Count of Monte Cristo and The Three Musketeers also began to be published. However, what I really like about this novel is that the spy to take place at a time when the value of women in society is not recognized. Dumas emphasizes this because, believe it or not, the women of that time did have power. In my opinion, the story, the plot and the characters are not up to the level of the other two novels mentioned above. But it is still interesting. Personally, I will recommend reading the two previously mentioned novels first to fully appreciate this book. But if you choose the women's work as your first approach to Dumas's world, you will certainly not be disappointed. If you are looking for a story where women are the absolute protagonists, where they assert themselves just like men, while they kill, if necessary, plot, decide the fate of an entire nation and fall in love without inhibitions, you couldn't have chosen a better book. <laughs>